Welcome to your weekly episode of Reset 42. In each episode, we want to carefully sit with the vulnerability and generosity of a guest who has reset their life. Some have just kicked life into gear again. Others are truly survivors. And we'll speak with people who have dug deep to find their passion and reset to a true north. It all begins in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Through life, you and I will often make stupid mistakes that are either ill-informed, selfish, or just the 50-50 calls that we got wrong. On the Reset 42 podcast, we'll be having many guests who can tell us their story of how they reset, but this solo episode only needs one example of a subject of stupidity, and I've got my hand up. Isn't it interesting that for each of us, we can recollect many moments in time where hindsight will tell us what we could have got better? So are those stupid moments in time repairable, resettable, learnable, and hopefully forgivable? In this episode of Reset 42, we want to learn how to absorb and deal with the inevitable stupid decisions, actions, and responses to life that each of us have had over the years. And now for something completely different, the story of a doctor gone to the dogs. Or we could get on with the show, here's Andrew Pitchford. How are you going with listening to the Reset 42 episodes in this podcast? I hope that they're able to ignite some new thinking for you. My hope is that the two broad outcomes that are happening for all of us as you listen to each episode of Reset 42. Firstly, I hope you're able to identify the need and opportunities to reset the past, but also to be prepared to tell yourself ahead of the game that you can see a need for a reset and be able to put in place before you actually really need it. The ability, self-awareness and sense of being comfortable that you can give yourself a reset is very powerful. This week I saw an online argument on Facebook about the word hurry. On one side the promoters were saying that hurry was good. Hustling, producing outcomes, driving things forward. And only the successful people are those that hurry. On the other side was the cautionary tale about knowing when to hurry and when to rest, retreat and recharge. There was some good advice and not much happening in the middle. The sad part about the position of the promoter of the word hurry was a sense of guilt if you aren't hurrying. Now the other outcome I hope you receive as you do the Reset 42 is a release from guilt. I really honestly believe that it's a physical thing that can actually feel like it's a giant iron black ball tied to your life, holding your ankle and your life back with black heavy metal chains. You've seen the picture as those old kind of cartoons of the prisoner in chains. And as we've looked at some of life triggers over the course of Reset 42 so far, they may generate a need for a reset. Most of us have been in situations or conditions that came upon or were thrust upon us. However, last week and this week, I felt these two triggers were more about our own responsibility. Now last week we talked about stored momentum, and it was that story of the life that ran out of puff. In the main it was because we were lacking energy, a situation we probably developed ourselves by not taking care of the life we've been given. So whether it was time, diet, exercise, or just our mental well-being, we had let it go. Like an unmaintained car, we were just waiting for the moment when it surprised us 
with a major failure, leaving us on the side of the road. And if you haven't listened to episode 6 of Reset 42, go back after this episode and have a listen. It's got some good practical advice. Now, this week I was speaking with a good friend who has been listening to Reset 42 and we laughingly talked about my advice on taking care of yourself, you know, through diet and exercise. Now, knowing me well, my friend challenged me that I should walk the talk and she is so right. In fact, I would jump right in here and say that like you, Reset 42 is an opportunity, not a formula. I have so much to work on, also much to celebrate and a little I'd like to forget. As we walk together on Reset 42, take your opportunities, look at one revealed area at a time and see what can be done in your life or feel free to share with a friend who you sense needs that mini intervention to see an opening in the noise to do something new with a reset. Now this week, where stupid is as stupid does. Now let's get stupid. Are you stupid or something? I'm as stupid as a stupid does. Now back in 1928, famous singer-songwriter Cole Porter wrote a song, Let's Do It. It was about falling in love, but as you listen to the words, it could have been about making mistakes. Find an Ella Fitzgerald version of Let's Do It on YouTube and have a listen. It's a great song. But here we go. Birds do it. Bees do it. Even educated fleas do it. Let's do it. Let's make stupid mistakes. In Spain, the best upsets do it. Lithuanians and let's do it. Let's do it. Let's make mistakes. The thing we can absorb in that each of us has and will make dumb decisions. What appears to also be true is that the reason we make stupid decisions is that each of these glitches in our reasoning seems to fall into three categories. So this week on Reset 42, join me as we spend some time looking at stupid is as stupid does. Whether it's for now or later, or to deal now with what was once done, let's make this episode about you and me today. Through this episode of Reset 42, stupid is as stupid does, I'm going to use three key events in my life that to me were stupid decisions. Now in the face of it, I've spoken to people I trust, good friends, family, who also care about me, and they would say that two of them weren't stupid as much as circumstantial. However, I think it's really good to be able to have the self-awareness to say, I saw them as stupid. I own them as that. But not to dwell or settle in that state. You know, sometimes we don't want to take something on ourselves as stupid and talk about the circumstances, the external pressures, etc., as a way of removing our responsibility. But in doing that, we also have just removed the opportunity to learn. So it's better to own it, grow taller in our thinking, and even more important in this day and age, to add some resilience to our life. Reset 42, a podcast of open hearts sharing real stories of life's stumbles, roadblocks and disasters, and walking into hope. Now, the first category that I thought we'd talk about is the stupid mistakes, the stupid moments in our life, which actually are more about ill-informed decisions. Now, whether it meant that we had information that was out of our view, or we didn't simply take the time to actually look into things deeply enough to get all the information together, the end result was an outcome that just felt stupid. Now, I look back to one particular career decision that I made. 
And it was one where my wife and I consulted about it. We talked about what we thought was the good, the bad, and the ugly of it. It was kind of like a SWOT analysis, trying to work out, should we actually go with this? Now, I have to tell you, we made the decision to go. And to this day, I'm still 50-50 on questioning whether I got it right. Now, here's one of the interesting things. There was a lot of good that came out of it, as well as a lot of challenging. You might put it under the heading of bad in quotes but we're survived and we're moving on. But through the circumstances of that situation, we certainly learned a lot. What really became apparent, though, is that we didn't have a full picture on all the information. And if we had, we might have made a different decision. Can't guarantee it. You know, some decisions in life are about taking risks. They're about doing things even when you have all the information. But it's still good to be able to contemplate, should I have dug deeper? Should I ask more questions? Next time, what questions should I ask? Now, here's a situation that I'm working through with one of my sons at the moment. He's got a job opportunity. He's going through the job interview process. He's not sure whether this is the right job for him, but he's definitely excited about what could be possible by actually getting the job. So there's a sense of excitement. And as he's gone through the interview process, he's been saying, oh, I don't know if I'm good enough. I don't know whether I can make it. And my advice right the way along is keep going forward, ask questions, and listen to what's been asked for, because then you can frame the next time you go for a job interview around what you've learned. And isn't that so true for many things? We may not have all the ingredients to answer this particular moment, challenge, or opportunity in our life, but if we keep listening and keep asking questions, we might get there. So, ill-informed decisions. What kind of situations can you think of where that's happened to you? Is it that the wall was pulled over your eyes because somebody was consciously holding information back from you? Or is it more a case that you actually held back and you were so dazzled by all of the opportunity, all the sparkly stuff, all the shiny bits, that you actually didn't do your due diligence? So both of those are wrong. On the first case, If we know something's been held back, obviously we should dig deeper, we should take more time. But we should also assume that we don't know everything and maybe not all the cards are on the table. So we should make sure that we're asking information that's pertinent. And if we don't know the questions to ask, talk to a friend, talk to a family member who maybe has gone through a similar project or opportunity before and ask them what questions they would ask. Drawing on somebody else's experience is going to get you through an incredible amount of times over life. The last piece of information I'm going to give you in terms of ill-informed decisions is to make the time you need to ask the questions that you want. And equally, on the other side of that, give people the time to prepare answers for you. It's interesting, sometimes we think that we've got to rush things through. And if we know that we've got something being squeezed in around us, it's probably not a good situation to be making the decision. And you've also got to ask why you've been hurried along. It should be a red flag. It's interesting, I was talking to a young gentleman just the other day. Now, he would probably be in his late teens, and he's looking at life, and he's got a really good view of what's going on around him. And one of the things that we were talking about is that he knows that as you're younger, every year of your life seems to take forever, because it's such a big percentage of your life. So when you are 10 years old, every year is a tenth of your life. When you're 20 years old, every year of your life is 5% of your life. 
And so the older you get, time seems to go a little faster as we look at it in that paradigm. And so one of the things I think we've got to be able to do is that if we can slow things down, get some perspective, allow ourselves to frame the questions, allow ourselves to receive the answers, we're probably going to be in a better position to actually get less stupid mistakes and less 50-50 calls. So under the topic of ill-informed decisions, give yourself time, prepare your questions, do your due diligence, and at the same time, you will still sometimes have to make that 50-50 call. We're going to cover that one a little bit later in the episode. You must think I'm pretty stupid. Now, George, we said we weren't going to cover that right now. For me, in this particular situation, there were a couple of things that I really needed to learn. The first is that I was so excited about the role, I was so excited about the opportunity, that I really just accepted everything at face value. And even though you may be working in a situation where you expect things to go smoothly, you really should just take a deep breath, take a step back, and do a better due diligence. And that's probably something I could have improved. Now that being said, if I have to look at the strengths of that situation, my wife and I actually really worked together on what we were going to do. And so we looked at the whole project, we looked at the opportunity, and we said yes together. Now that meant that on the other side of the decision, even though it didn't go according to plan, we were able to own it together and be able to decide what we're going to do about the outcomes. So yes, we learned a lot. We learned to come together as a couple. We were able to own the good, the bad, and the ugly of the outcomes. And so there was a lot of fruit that came out of the situation, I am pleased to say. Reset 42. Learning that life lets you open new doors. Now let's move into section two of this episode, as stupid is as stupid does. And the second area that I want to look at this week is all about the selfish decisions that we make. You know the ones, the ones when we put numero uno first and somebody else misses out. Now, it could be family, it could be a partner, it could be a work colleague, but somewhere along the line, we've made a stupid decision because we elevated ourselves and didn't consider the needs or the wants or even just the sanity of somebody else. Now, selfish decisions can fall into a number of different categories, but it's fair to say that many books have been written about selfish decisions to do with either relationships that we're pursuing that aren't good for us, so whether it's the male-female variety of chasing after somebody else, or maybe it's to do with the money, the finance, the gold, or finally, it's about power. It's about status, it's about position. Those three categories can be very attractive in different ways. But one thing's very clear. They get us off kilter. We're off balance. We're not thinking straight. And so one of the things I'd really encourage you to consider is when have you made a selfish decision that you could probably, in retrospect, look back and think, what was I thinking? And did it fall into one of those three categories? Were you elevating somebody else's relationship that wasn't good? Were you chasing after riches, finance, and gold? Or was it about status and power? And somehow, that little bit of temptation and attraction put you off balance. Now, once you actually acknowledge that, and, you know, many times in hindsight we can, what do you actually do about it? What can we learn from it? Well, it's fair to say there are many people that are still learning. They're still chasing after the money, honey. They're still chasing after the relationships that don't work. And there are people that are still looking for the next highest position. 
But if we're going to be people that are self-aware, that we're aware of the consequences of our decisions, if we want to contribute to others, then really this is an area that we've got to take stock of. Now for me, I can look back on a number of situations where there have been moments when each of those things has been competing for my attention. But I think one of the things that really stands out to me is the danger of having wrong relationships. Now, wrong relationships can come into the work community, it can come into our personal relationships with people, it can, of course, come into the effect it has on a marriage. God, that was stupid. I know better than that. It'll never happen again. I know. But the one thing that is common in all of these situations is that we got unbalanced in what we were looking at. So whether it was actually having an inappropriate start to thinking or even action in relationships, or whether it was too much emphasis in our life and chasing after the finance and not thinking about the merit of a balanced life, or whether we esteemed a status or position over the relationships that we had around us, those selfish decisions have unsettled us, they've often unnerved us, and they've probably had a drastic effect on relationships around us. And that's where I hope that we're able to learn in the stupid is as stupid does, is to be able to get some retrospective thinking so that we don't revisit these things. You may have heard the term that life is not a dress rehearsal. It means that we're not turning up to do 10 times, 12 times before we get it right. The more we can learn from the mistakes we've made, the more we're able to set a better platform for greater things into the future. So if you can recognize that a dumb decision was made in terms of chasing after a relationship that wasn't right, or maybe you can recognize that too much undue attention to chasing after the almighty dollar took you off track, or if looking for a position which, when you think about it, in some ways is an illusion, because the position and the status only lasts as long as the position, and then you have to ask, who are you? I hope that's given you just some context to be able to think about, and I would suggest that when we recognize that we have to revisit those things, there are probably relationship issues that we have to consider putting right. And the other thing that we have to ask ourselves is, how do we write down something that makes an intentional commitment to not revisiting the same situation again? And I think that's where the power of journaling comes in. Now, journaling doesn't have to be a handwritten note. If your scrawly handwriting looks like you could have been a doctor, sure, leave that alone. But whether you make a note in something like OneNote or Evernote on your phone, or you write it in Microsoft Word somewhere, doesn't really matter. What's happening is that visually you are saying to yourself, I'm committed to this, so write it down. Now, one thing for you to be aware of is that we have our guests coming up in the upcoming interviews of Reset 42, and there's going to be some brave souls that are going to talk about their stupid decisions. I hope that you'll be encouraging. Join us in our Facebook group. Remember, you can go to Facebook and search for Reset 42, the number four, the number two, and you'll be able to find our group that you're welcome to join. And when we have our interview guests on, I'm hoping that they will be able to participate in that group and maybe offer some answers to some of the questions that we didn't cover in the 20 to 25 minute interviews that we have each week. Hope you'll join us there. Come on over to Facebook and get involved now. Well, we're going to be right back in a few moments and talk about the third of the stupid is a stupid does areas. I don't think so, stupid. Homer, step away from the keyboard and nobody's going to get hurt.
When you walked into this episode, you may not have realised you had let life stall. Now, let's keep moving. Tick all those keyboard keys and come on over to us at www.andrewpitchford.com forward slash reset42. As we approach the end of this episode, Stupid Is As Stupid Does, I wanted to cover just the last one. You know, last week we talked about stored momentum and had to accept that a lot of the responsibility for dealing with some of the issues that we could do for re-energizing ourselves actually comes back to self-responsibility. But sometimes we go through those phases where we're just not feeling capable. And then this week we've been talking about stupid is as stupid does and having to recognize that sometimes we've either made ill-informed decisions or we've made selfish choices. And hopefully we've covered some areas where you've gone, yep, I think that's a wake-up call for me. It's not a bad thing. Remember, the whole idea of Reset 42 is not that this is a formula, but it is an opportunity for you to have a look at how things could be done differently. Now, I want to finish off by just having the sense that there is a third category, the 50-50 decisions. In reality, if you go that direction, it could be all good. And if you go that direction, it could be all good. But the opposite is equally true. You could go down that path and it's a disaster, and you could go down that path and it's a disaster. It's just sometimes there's no informed or rational decision that you can make because there's so many other circumstances happening around your life, happening in the world, happening just in your locality. Or maybe it's the issues that are happening in somebody else's life that's having a direct impact on you. And that's why insurance companies now come up with no-fault clauses and all this kind of thing. So as we wrap up this week, I do want to release you to understand that sometimes stuff just goes wrong. And it may feel like it was a stupid decision. In all reality, it may have just been the way it works. Some encouragement, though. How you look at the outcome and what you do with it is probably more the making of us. Now, for my wife and I, we come back to a verse in the Bible, Romans 8, verse 28. And this version really puts it quite nicely. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Now, you could look at that and through one set of eyes go, okay, so you're just going to sit back, let God do his thing. And if it goes good or bad, it's God's fault, right? Now, I take a totally different view. It's kind of like having the sense that when you're riding your bike and your dad's got an eye on whether you're doing well with or without the training wheels, if you fall off, he can still run in and take care of things and make something good out of the situation. And I think that's something that we can accept is that the God of the universe actually is keeping an eye on our situation. And yes, we may do dumb things, but he has actually got the bigger picture in mind. Now, for me, that's something that gives me peace, allows me to rest, and doesn't get me too much caught up on what happens next, because I get the sense that my dad is able to run in when I fall off the training wheels. Well, I wanted to wrap up this episode by just walking through some of the things that we've talked about. Let's first of all look at ill-informed decisions. Learning from those stupid mistakes, here's lesson one. Patience and time with better research will help you reduce the risk and alleviate those bad decisions. So take the time to slow things down. And then let's have a look at selfish decisions. Learning from our stupid mistakes, lesson two. Considering the world outside of our head or our heart will mean lessening the impact of most and removing some stupid decisions for our life because we considered others. So when we look at selfish decisions, bring in the big picture 
and the big picture means just outside of us. And then finally, we looked at those 50-50 decisions, learning from stupid mistakes, lesson three. Accepting that sometimes we're going to be left with 50-50 calls, and the nature of these is that you'll probably get close to 50% of them right, and the rest are there to contribute to our learning. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Reset 42. I'm going to be back next week with the first of our interviews, and I'm so excited for it. We're going to be putting some promos out very shortly. But if you want to know before anybody else, first of all, make sure you're subscribed to the Reset 42 podcast on your favorite podcast app. And also come along to our Facebook group, look up Reset 42, join, and I'll see you there. I love the idea that we can reset life without losing all that we've gained. Think you'll come back for more? Make sure you subscribe to Reset 42 on your fave podcast platform. Leave a loving review my mother would smile at you for. Our show notes aren't hidden down the back of the couch. You can find them at www.andrewpitchford.com forward slash Reset 42.